I'm Crispin. In this podcast, we will be listening to the Adventures in Odyssey radio show that has been put out by Focus on the Family for the past 30 years. If you grew up evangelical like us, there's a good chance you've heard an episode or two. We'll be on the lookout for themes and messages in the show that coincide with, and sometimes depart from, God's vision for his kingdom in the world. Thanks for listening with us. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to our podcast. I wanted to get on here and tell you the origin story of how we started re-listening to Adventures in Odyssey, which is, how many years ago is it now? Four years ago? Mm. Three years ago? We were at a garage sale, and we found a bunch of tapes of Adventures in Odyssey, like the whole big cases of them for 50 cents each. I think that was like a year ago. No. It was like right when we moved back from Minneapolis. No. Really? Which was like, I guess, coming up on two years, a year and a half ago. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, we so we bought them for our daughter for her to start listening to. And then we started thinking, huh, do we really want her listening to all of these? <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of where this started. We started thinking about Adventures in Odyssey again. Um, again, for those of you who don't know us very well, Crispin grew up listening to Adventures in Odyssey and in fact, he still listens to it at night sometimes when he can't sleep. Um, but I, Although not as much since we've been critically looking at them. Oh. <laughs> I just want to go to my like nostalgia place. Oh no, it's now we've ruined it for you. Oh no. Um, but I, I listened to it a little bit growing up, but my memory is notoriously bad. And so I don't really remember them at all. There's one I do remember and we'll talk about that on a later podcast. But basically. Now I'm curious. You know what it is. It's the Dungeons and Dragons one. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we'll, we'll be talking about that in a later episode. Don't y'all worry. So anyways, Crispin is the one who's been picking the episodes for us to listen to. And you guys, Crispin is like a total nerd. He's a total theology nerd. And so he tends to pick really boring episodes. And today's <laughs> is no exception. So... Yeah, there's today. my intro. Now, now you can now you can tell us about what the episode is all about. So it's called "Thine for Thine is the Kingdom." I thought it was called "Thy Kingdom Come." Uh, yes, right. Ooh, I'm, I'm not right. sure. I'm right. It's based on the Lord's Prayer. Thy Are Kingdom those... Come. That's what it is. Okay, but we also say "For Thine is the Kingdom and the Power and the Glory." Right? Oh yeah, Thy Kingdom Come. Thy will be done. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so it is Thy Kingdom Come. And um, basically, it's about the the kingdom. Like that's it's mostly just a bunch of dialogue. Yeah, about. it's not about the kingdom at all. I'm gonna just do a spoiler alert right <laughs> here, right now. Well, but it's about the kingdom of heaven and what is the kingdom of heaven. So it starts out with wit editing. Um, parables for kids radio and then um so it goes through various parables and then but really it's about so eugene 
recently, Eugene, remember, is like the one non-Christian on the show. And recently, he um, went on an imagination station adventure to hell, basically. Yeah. So this episode, it's like a, it's like talking about a previous episode where Eugene basically like went to hell and he got really freaked out, I guess. Right? Right. Yeah. So it, he went in with life after death program. So if you go in and you're a Christian, it's a very enjoyable experience. And if you go in and you're not a Christian, it's a really horrible experience. Okay. Should we stop right now and talk about that? Okay. Because this is, what were the episodes? I didn't listen to the episodes, but you've talked about them before. They're called the mortal coil, right? Right. Yeah. And you told me how much that scared you when you were a little kid. Is that, yeah. is that true? Right. Even with... Um, cause wit like goes into a coma and doesn't almost, almost doesn't come out. It's yeah. Why does he not c- want to come out again? Because he wants to be with his, uh, his wife who had just died and his son who has died. That's just like so tragic. Right. Yeah. It's like very, but it, and just all the sound effects and the music, like as a kid, it was just very impactful. Like oh, I think, no. I think they wanted it to, to be a really emotionally compelling episode, which it was, which is a lot for a very sensitive kid. Right. Would you think you were one? Yes. Okay. So this is a, f- uh, a few episodes afterward, and Eugene does not want to talk about uh, his experience. He doesn't want to talk about hell, but everybody else wants to talk to him about it because they want him to become a Christian. So Wit asks him to help edit these parables. Um, so it goes through the parables, and then he and Connie have like this confrontation about like why he won't talk about it. And then she finds him at the library researching Christianity because he wants to find out if it's real or not. And then at the oh, and he asks her like, "What is the kingdom of heaven?" And she, like, stammers through and, like, doesn't know what it is. No, it's, well, yeah, it's literal in the sense that it's a real place, but it's figurative in the sense that it, it, um... Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute, minute, let me start over. Okay, you see, the kingdom of heaven is, um... Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you should talk to it. Which I think is really true to life. Like, if you ask a lot of Christians, like, what is the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God? Yeah. um, They just... You know, we'll we'll kind of put together some thoughts, but probably not have a cohesive cohesive presentation, which is basically what Connie said. And then Wit, in a very wise, um, calm tone, explains what it is. But Daniel thinks that it's gibberish. What waits beyond this world is an eternal one. I suppose you could call it the kingdom of heaven. It's sort of a piece of the kingdom of heaven that helps us to understand that this world isn't all there is. That it's just a dim reflection of the real world to come. Yeah, so. it's totally gibberish. <laughs> what, you thought it was good? No. Everybody's supposed to like Wit so much, but I don't like him. I think that he was getting really close to uh, like an early church heresy because he basically oh. says like this world isn't real. Heaven is actually real. But okay, let's, let's take it back a little bit. So. I was kind of excited to listen to this episode because I think the kingdom of God is like the number one thing that has changed my life, this understanding what the kingdom is. And it is the number one thing that Jesus talked about. And so, of course, I'm excited. But once again, Adventures in Odyssey dashes my hopes and they turn it into just a really boring, Christian-y, gibberish mishmash and I found myself just being on Team Eugene this entire episode, just being like, please stop trying to scare me. 
uh, into Christianity by talking to me about hell. And please stop trying to convert me. And can you please just explain to me what the kingdom of God is? Because it seems very confusing. So it's literal and figurative? And, oh, even though you explained it to me, it still makes no sense. I was like, yeah, I kind of agree with Eugene on all those points. And, I mean, it's really interesting. Basically, it goes through, I think, Matthew 13, so the pearl of great price. Uh, the, Wait, these are the parables that we hear yeah, throughout the right. episode. Yeah, yep. Pearl of great price, the yeast, wheat and tares. Oh, yeah, and then the fish being caught in the net. So it's very much, um, I think they're trying to say, like, that it's focused on the kingdom of God is, like, whether or not you pray the prayer or not or, like, make a commitment to Christianity. In Matthew 13, one of the most famous parables is the parables of the sower and the different kinds of soil that the good news can fall into. You know, I love that parable. And even some of these other ones, like um, being yeast, like I think these are really great metaphors for how God works through the small and through just the everyday and we can we can change everything, you know. But I think the one they really obviously focused on in this episode was the wheat and the tares, right? Is that what it's called? And yeah. like at the end, Jesus explains to the disciples like, the tares are going to burn up in hell. And so I was like, that is so weird because Jesus told a ton of parables. And I think this is the only one that talks about people being burned up at the end. (laughs) So like, this is the only parable that Jesus tells that talks about hell, unless you count the story of Lazarus, you know, and the rich man as being a parable, which maybe it is. Mm -hmm. But I thought, oh, that's so weird to focus on the one that talks about hell. So to me, this definitely had an agenda. Like when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he was somehow also talking about the imminent threat of eternal suffering and torture if you didn't pray the Jesus prayer in this life. So, Right. Well, the beginning of the episode, like in the first few minutes after the wheat and tares episode, it's like set in a barn and there's this resounding closing door, like the barn door closes and then there's a few seconds of silence. Hmm. A slamming door. Which really, I think, is supposed to have this idea of finality, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a lot of what it is about. It's about fear. Like, I mean, there's the wheat and the tares, but there's also the fish, right? So all the fish are gathered, but then the bad ones are thrown away and the good ones are taken. Okay, you know, I've basically been to the Imagination Station talking about hell because I've been to one of those plays where they talk about going to heaven or hell. And I went with, like, my mom and my younger sister and they had real flames on the stage, Crispin, and it got, like, really hot. And I was, like, pretty freaked out, even though I was pretty darn sure that I was going to heaven since I had accepted Jesus Jesus into my heart multiple times. Um, and it's funny because my sister was kind of, like, having some trouble at home. Maybe I shouldn't share this, but I'm going to anyways. Um, and so my mom was sort of hoping to, like, scare her s- straight a little bit. Um, and... I remember after the play was over, my mom looked over and my younger sister was just crying, just like tears rolling down her eyes, down her eyes, down her face. And my mom was like, oh, you know, did God talk to you or what did you, what did you learn from this play? You know, and she thought my sister would say something like, oh, I was so afraid of going to hell. I am so scared and like blah, blah, blah. But instead my sister just said, God just told me how much he loved me. And I always just thought that was such an interesting, impactful story um, Mm. that the love of God does shine through even 
it impacts you more than, you know, the fear of God. However, we know from history and people like Billy Graham and these incredibly successful evangelism crusades that have taken place in America in the 19th and 20th centuries that like the fear of hell works. It works to convert people. It's an amazingly effective evangelism strategy, but that doesn't mean it was Jesus's. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's actually the whole idea of the mortal coil is it's like virtual reality, uh, like getting scared straight experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's basically what it, what they created in Odyssey, you know, and then put it out on the airwaves to all these kids, right? So they're just continuing that tradition. What of, did it What did it make you feel like when you were a kid? Do you remember? Just terrified. Like, I remember. I, do, you think, a, do you think God wants us to be scared of him? No. I don't either. Right. So why do we do that to our kids? It's a good question. I know. Because okay. we don't want, well, because we've been told that, story our whole lives and we don't want our kids to go to hell so like if we don't scare them then they might not you know follow jesus and then they'll end up in hell right so but again just going back to the reason the kingdom of god became such an impactful uh, doctrine and theology in my life is because it is what jesus was obsessed about and it really didn't have anything to do with hell, like they're talking about in this passage. So Wit, at the end, trying to explain the kingdom, well, he calls it the kingdom of heaven, which I guess it's kind of used interchangeably, and that phrase is used more in Matthew. Right, and and Matthew used it, so apparently Jews were less likely to use the word God, so it was interchangeable, but God, like he would say the kingdom of heaven because of not wanting to say God as much. Right, that like Jewish right. reverence. But I, I mean, I talk about this a lot, and I and I write about this a lot too. But I just was really, really obsessed with this question when I was in Bible college, where we met, Crispin, mm-hmm. and um, I was just really obsessed with this idea. Well, what is the kingdom of God? If Jesus talks about it all the time, what is it? And you know, my dad, growing up, my dad's a pastor, would always tell me the kingdom of God is whether the rule and reign of God is found. And that is the exact same answer my Bible college professors gave me. And it just meant nothing to me. It was just Christian gobbledygook because like we were all the same as everybody else, right? Like we all said God was our king, but we live for ourselves. And so it just didn't make any sense to me. And so when I started to read the Bible more and focus kind of more exclusively on the life and work of Jesus, I realized like he was talking about it all the time. We just didn't want to call it what it was, right? right? So for instance, if you just look at the Sermon of the, of the Mount, like that is the kingdom of God. Everything Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, including the Beatitudes, who is blessed in this world, which is, you know, the poor in spirit, the sick, the sad, the oppressed, the meek, the pure in heart, like this is the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom of God, that's who is in the kingdom of God. And all these things like turn the other cheek, like bless those who persecute you, all this stuff, that is living in the values of the kingdom of God. And Jesus wants to bring it here on earth. And again, we always talk about, you know, when Jesus announced his uh, kingdom in Luke 4, when he when he kind of announced to the synagogue what he was here to do, he was very concrete and he was actually addressed economic and political, uh, physical and spiritual realities. And so he said, you know, I'm here to proclaim good news to the poor. I'm here to um, liberate those who are imprisoned and liberate the oppressed and heal the blind and bind up the brokenhearted. 
those are real things. That's not just like, that's just not like us trying to think like, oh yeah, God is our king. That's like, no, if God is our king, we need to abolish the prison system in America today. Like, it's very practical, right? right. Don't you think, Chris? Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is so... Even in the Lord's Prayer, right, we say, thy kingdom come. We don't say, like, take us to the kingdom of heaven. We don't focus on, like, all right, God, take us to heaven after we die. He actually taught us to pray that his kingdom would come here and now, which is very ironic because the whole episode talks about going on to heaven after death when the episode is, is named after the Lord's Prayer, which is kind of the opposite. Yeah, and so I get, maybe this was just like a filler episode, like trying to tie in between the mortal coil and I'm assuming Eugene does become a Christian at some point, right? <laughs> right? Um, so maybe it's just a filler, but to me, it's pretty damaging in a way, trying to tell Eugene and all of these little kids listening at home that when Jesus was talking about what he was always talking about, he just meant heaven, like when we die, we'll get to experience true justice like for the first time. Like that's really sad. Does that mean we're not supposed to work so hard for justice and righteousness and peace and good news for the poor here on this earth? You know, so I kind of right. find that theology damaging. Yeah, I was talking to someone on Facebook recently. Uh-oh. Um, Facebook fighting, <laughs> Facebook but, activists. But basically he was saying like if if you say that Jesus' teaching is that he wanted justice on the earth, then you're taking it a step too far. And I'm like, doesn't, doesn't that go in direct opposition to for God so loved the world? Like if God loves the world, then doesn't he care about people that are struggling or that are oppressed, that are going through pain, that are going through abuse? Doesn't he want them to be comforted? Doesn't he want peace and justice? Like yeah, that just seems obvious to me. So anyways, to me, this kind of went right in line with just this over-spiritualization of the word the kingdom of God when it's not a purely spiritual concept at all. It has very concrete applications and has a ton to do with economics, which maybe the writers of Odyssey did not want to address that. Right. Well, so let me just cut in there because Witt says towards the end, he basically says, this world is not real. The real world is coming in heaven. And he he makes reference to, um, you know, this is a dim reflection. But basically, Christians have used that for a long, long time to, uh, for one, to oppress other people Mm -hmm. um, and also to to get out of their responsibility and calling to fight for justice and for, for the kingdom here and now, right? So we know that the kingdom is here and now. We know that it will come in full. But basically, Christians have said, basically, like, all right, well, heaven's coming. And, I mean, we can look at slavery in the U.S. and say, like, well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, Christians, white Christians, literally said, like, slavery is good because at least they become Christians and then they get to go to heaven. Yikes. So, and we see this like continuing. So when Wit says, this world isn't real, which is so weird. Like I, that's what. This world I'm, is real. Jesus was real. Right. In fact, um, someone was talking, I was reading something about recently. Oh, it was Doug Frank talking about how we focus so much on Jesus being fully God, but we don't focus very much on him being fully human. 
Um, yeah, oh, we can't go there in this podcast. <laughs> we can't go there. Okay, one quick thing I wanted to say, too, was I thought it was really sad how Eugene did not want to talk to Connie and Wit because he was afraid of them trying to convert him. Meaning that I cannot oblige you in what you want. What do you think I want? You want me to become a believer in Christianity. I can't. Why not? Because it is a closed issue for me. A closed issue? Yes. Or to put it away for you to understand, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Which just made me feel sad. Because nobody wants to be converted, guys. Nobody wants to be converted. And I try to convert people for a long time. People, however, are drawn to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) A real physical Jesus who, like, really actually addressed their lives and their problems. So... I'm not a heretic. I really believe in Jesus, but I just thought that was really sad that Eugene didn't want to talk to Wit because he didn't want to be coerced into something or bullied mm-hmm. into something, perhaps. I don't know. Right. And uh, the f- focus of the episode, if you believe in God, uh, then you're the wheat. If you don't believe in God, then you're the tares, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is really taking it out of context. I don't think anyone during Jesus's time did not believe in God, right? right? Like everyone had that basically basic idea. And in fact, but did it, they do right? Did they try and live right? And who, who into was God's kingdom? Who was most offended by those parables? Right. Was it like people that were outsiders that didn't believe in God, or was it the the religious leaders? Right. So I think Chrisman wanted to pick this episode just so we could talk about the kingdom of God, which honestly we could probably talk about for hours. So we should probably not do that. But Chrisman, I guess, just kind of sum up for me what, if you had one sentence to describe the kingdom of God, like how could you do it better than wit? Can you do it right here? Um, So I would say that the kingdom of God is God's plan. Yeah, I mean, it's still hard. I got it. Okay. Okay. The kingdom of God is God's dream for the world. Yes, right. And I would say that it's also a continuation of his dream for his people. And so we can look to the Old Testament and see that it's much more than just believing in God, but we can look at Old Testament laws and see what God's values are in addition to looking at Jesus' teachings. Right? And y'all, it is radical. God's dream for the world is good news for the poor and the oppressed, and it is awesome. But it also kind of feels like bad news if you're not in those categories. So. Right. Anywho, that's about it. I really like Eugene's voice. Eugene has a great voice, don't you think? Yeah, I th- yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what were you gonna say? <laughs> I was just th- I was trying to remember the whole story. I think that he ends up becoming a Christian because he starts dating a Christian, <gasps> and she can't won't marry him because he's not a Christian. Or they missionary stop, dating. They stop dating because she yeah. So then he becomes a Christian, which is you know. A great. He actually in in the episode he says that he doesn't want to run into the arms of Christianity for protection from hell. Oh, that's good. Right, I thought that was interesting. So he's just waiting till he needs to become a Christian so he can get with this girl. Okie dokie, then (laughs) that's the best way, best reason to become a Christian, right? (laughs) Anyways, thanks for listening. This has been an episode of the Prophetic Imagination Station. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes and stay tuned for weekly discussions.